One of our many authors. This is our most recent author, Neil Wright. From the book, writing the book, Epiphany. Sex, support, and money. Or yep. dollar signs. Yeah, yeah, I mean, money. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. Dollar signs, money. Nia, say, say what's up to the people. What's up, people? <laughs> she was just wave, waving to the air right. like people were going to see her right. or something like that. Right. But um, we're going to get into a, a few interesting things. But first and foremost, how does it feel to be a new author? Feels good to actually get it done. Feels really good. That's mm. her saying, by the way, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, get G the shit done. GTSD, get, get the, the shit, shit done. done. That it is, that it is. Can you tell us a little bit about uh, GTSD, how you come up with it, how how does it, how you use it in life? and? Oh, yeah, so it's just something that I live by. Get the shit done, however you can get it done. Again, I always make a caveat, mm -hmm. as long as it's not hurting nobody else. Or illegal. <laughs> This is true. You mm -hmm. know, I leave mm -hmm. that out sometimes, but just get the shit done. Like, however it works for you, make it work. Procrastination works for me, may not work for somebody else, but just get it done. Find the best way, make some checklists, and get it done. Mm -hmm. That's like what Procrastination works for me. doesn't work for anybody, though. Hence the procrastinate part. Uh, it's, it's the push at the end, like the, the limited time space to have to yeah, get it all out. I'll give you that, because a lot of times I'll work better under pressure, like crunch. I don't know time. why. Yeah. I hate it, but like I tend to do better when I'm crunched. Yeah, pressure. I don't like being crunched. Because pressure makes diamonds. Yeah. Okay. Because pressure makes diamonds. Okay, I see you. You live by it. And you know, April is the month of oh, God. the diamonds. Oh, God. Here we go. And you know whose birthday just passed. I don't go. know about that. Here we go. The greatest I mean, of all time. You I would say know. it's more like May is the. Jared. His birthday just passed on April Fool's Day. Because you're a fool. I wouldn't, you know. That's why I got trust issues, because, you know, April Fool's Day. Anyways. Because his life is a running that's joke. That's besides the point. But, you know, um, back to you, Miss. So June's the better month. Uh, not even slightly. We just that's told what you. That's He said May, you said April, I'm saying June. June's your birthday month? Mm hmm That's why. There's no, th there's no gem better than the diamond, though, which is in April. I mean, so says you. What's up? Anyways, um, <laughs> so tell us a little bit about the epiphany, the uh, the uh, idea behind the book, um, what it's done for you, how it's doing, you know, give us a little backstory about it, what made you write it, things like that. Um, so the book is about, well, there's a part of the book that has my story of um, my divorce and everything that led up to it as far as me and my ex-husband are concerned, from my point of view, of course. Mm. Um, and I started writing it when I got separated in 2017. Um, mm. And it kind of just sat in my Google, my Google Drive for a very mm. long time. Mm -hmm. um, thought about, <laughs> you know, self-publishing. Right. Again, with the procrastination and the time crunch that mm. just didn't really work for me. I needed somebody to be on me about deadlines and things. Mm. Um, so, you know... Got made away, um, and found my way to Blue Shades and Blue Shades. <laughs> the rest is history. <laughs> exactly, the rest Here is history. 
the book is out. Um, it's doing really well. Um, I'm almost sold out. So that's always cool. It's a different feeling, um, nice accomplishment. Um, but yeah, so it's just how I, how I made it through my divorce, the things I learned looking back at the, the story of mm -hmm. me and my ex-husband and where I am now and the no bullshit that I'm taking going forward. Mm. Mm. I like that. And I, no bullshit. That's what Blue Shade Publishing is all about. You know what I'm saying, Rocky? I mean, you know, Blue Shade's publishing, you know, see the world through our, our lenses. lenses. Uh-huh. The non-bullshit filled lenses, Talk you know to what I'm saying? Right, right. But since we're talking about not taking the bullshit and all that, mm -hmm. you're a teacher. That I am. Do you know my 9 to 5? Mm-hmm. Monday um, through Friday? So tell me a little bit about, because like me and... Me and Jared have our own like viewpoint on how plenty, uh, plenty education of education system works nowadays. We personally feel as though it doesn't do enough, and that they kind of don't really give teachers the tools that they need to properly Facts. teach the next generation what they Facts. need to know. I feel like having gone through the public school system and realized how much information I didn't have when I graduated, like things I actually needed. Like they taught, they teach you a lot of superfluous information. Right. They teach you a lot of stuff, in my opinion, this is all my opinion, that uh, you don't really need. Um, right. Like, you don't need calculus if you're not going to be going into a, a job field that requires calculus. Most everyday life does not require calculus. that level of math mm -hmm. skill. Right. Um, right. Even, like, you don't really go past, like, basic algebra and maybe geometry. Mm -hmm. um, but they teach you all this stuff, and it's not really applicable to everyday life. Even like one of my favorite subjects is science. Mm. Science is great. Don't get me wrong. It, it teaches you how to think logically, right. I think. Right. But like you don't really need most sciences because unless you're going out into the bi biology field or any of the sciences, then you're not going to use that information. You're going to forget it over time. Mm. Unless you're like me, you look so random and animal facts <laughs> every day. But most people aren't like me. And so I feel as though that on top of the fact they don't pay teachers well enough. Right. Um, I, I can go on a tangent about that. Right. And <laughs> right. I feel as though like they really kind of restrain you on what you can teach. Yep. And I find that weird because it's like this is the last like like public school is the only school that is requisite for everybody to take. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. So you're going to get the most people by default. Why wouldn't you want to give the most people the most information by default? Mm -hmm. Um, so I guess my question for you would be like, what is your opinion on uh, our current school system, how things work and everything? Um, so me and my friends have this little funny thing that we always talk about. Um, you go to school to be taught how to uh, be in the world, but not necessarily uh, make a change in the world. Ooh, I like, um, I like that. So that's what I was gonna get to. Unfortunately, so yeah, I like that. Yeah. Unfortunately, you know that's what it's set up, and we are, you know, with all the laws and policies right, right. and contradicting policies that come right, out right. Um, every other day. Um, we, as a public school educator, you are restricted in some ways on what to teach, how to teach. Um, 
there's it's not as um free as you would like to do things there are other options like i know a lot of people because of you know covid and everything mm-hmm. a lot of people that um i either tutored or just know they took their kids out and they're homeschooling them for mm-hmm. um better access and being able to teach their their child, their child. what they need not right. as you know from the classes perspective right um and then there's other people that have chose to go charter school ways which are still a public school education mm-hmm. um for the most part um they just have a little bit more uh leniency on how they how they do things um so yeah but having taught for almost 15 years in the public school education yeah yeah (laughs) it's it's you learn very and i went through a public school but you learn from this lens that it's definitely it's definitely limiting you you were just taught to to be a part of society not really make make a change or make waves um in society or to think for yourself you're you're given what to think and not taught how to think um so and you have i mean don't get me wrong you have teachers out there that are you know bucking the system or you know towing the line right there and making differences and really um you know allowing the kids to learn what they feel they need to you know before Mm -hmm. they leave the school Mm -hmm. but it's it's not commonplace it's definitely not commonplace for that to happen and to speak on the uh the the salary side of that um some of us have done a very good job of like pushing the limits of our salary like they cut off master's pay a couple years well it's been more than a couple years um so some people got in before that so some of us do still have that just because you're grandfathered in um i'm a special educator that comes with a a little extra little extra extra little extra extra something so (laughs) um you know with that i've i i won't say that i make what i think i should make but i definitely make above what um, some of my other peers may make um, due to how I've strategically um, planned my uh, educational career. So mm-hmm. um, if you if you really think it through, you can get to a higher side of that, but it's still um, it's not an easy task, and they don't make it very easy for you to get your money um, unless you move to certain places. And then you have to adjust for you know living costs and things like that. Right. Yeah. Now now stay with the let's stay with the teacher thing for a minute, right? Um, so, like, my main thing is, um, you know, a, a lot of these kids don't get a lot of push in the areas that they really need push at, if, if that makes sense. Um, so, for example, like, I, I don't, I don't want to say it like this, but, like, I feel like certain the ways kids go through schooling now, it crushes their ambition and, and dreams mm-hmm. going mm-hmm. through the process. Yeah. So, like, what... Are there is there alternatives to that, or is there any way to like circumvent that type of thing? Um, you know, so a lot of that has to do with like who the school partners with and what um, partnerships are had. Mm. Um, a lot of that information is going to come from the outside in. So what the kids are doing outside of school, and unfortunately, I mean, it's an unfortunate part that they don't get a lot of this in in the school. Right. Um, but the partnerships that they have, you know, kids doing other stuff and, um, like, um, people that homeschool, there's like co-ops where they meet up and like allow the kids to like do extracurricular. Yeah. Um, but they also meet up with kids that are in public school. And so then Mm. the parents are sharing information, um, and they're getting it that way. Um, I know a lot of my parents, um, are going back to school and I, I, teach younger children mostly um and they're going back to school and so some of the things they don't really know about that we have conversations so as a teacher i'm having conversations with parents about 
their lives and right. making moves in their lives, not just their child's and right. what the child is doing and progressing, but like advocating for them to go out and find the answers that they need and look up these programs because they didn't know about it. They didn't right. even know these things were available to them. Right. Um, and so it's knowing and as teachers, sometimes we forget that like this is our world that we live in. So we know some of these things and we don't know everything, right. but we know, know some of these programs. Right. We know all these programs. And because it's just, you know, common knowledge and everyday to us, sometimes we forget to like open that door and have these conversations, not because we're trying to hide it. It's just like, this is what I do every day. This is what I'm going through. So um, just being more apt to to remember that, that this is not everybody's everyday life and to um, share those experiences. Um, The counselors have a wealth of knowledge. It's just a matter of what they're being asked to do. So counselors aren't really doing quote unquote what they could what their job title is as oh, a counselor that's even, that's even um, what, what they're doing like most counselors <laughs> are tasked to make especially if they're out of the like if they're in the middle school and high school they're mm-hmm. doing uh schedule changes and mm-hmm. and making sure kids are like staying where they are or they're on the right task and mm-hmm. in the right classes and moving kids and stuff so a lot of their time is spent doing that versus you know really having the time to get to talk to kids and see what their goals and ambitions and then what's right. what's around them that they can tap into into. Yeah, so, I, and but I'll say I'll say in my when I when I was in school, the counselors didn't really try to do any type of outreach with us for the most part. You know what I'm saying? And then you have counselors that get stuck in their their job or what they're doing, right. or they have views biases about what certain kids should be able to, can mm-hmm. be able to, and yeah. that in entail affects affects their job. And I mean, same with teachers. Teachers, you know, have biases as well. Um, that affects how they teach certain groups, certain classes. Fourth block might be taught different than first block is taught, depending right. on who's in the class and things yeah. of that nature, which is not a good thing at all. But I mean, we're all humans at the end of the day, and we we interact with the world in the way from our perspective. So, and uh, I think I think if um, not just counselors, but like if I don't know how to put it, but like teachers, staff, if they were, if it was easier to get for them, it was if they reached out more. I feel like it'd be more make the students more comfortable and the reason i say that is because how society is built if they if you know the school finds out you're going to a counselor they beat you down for stuff like that you know what i'm saying like around their peers and stuff so i feel like if if staff makes it more of a i don't know they put more of an effort into trying to help kids or saying that there's options that they can look into um it kind of opens the door a little bit more than you know they might have had the thought but because of their peers you know, because coming through middle school, high school, even in elementary school, peer pressure is a oh, lot. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's your life. It is, and but I mean, it goes. It goes too. Like, uh, so I'm I'm still in school. I, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure I'll probably be in school for a long time. Um, but I'm on the way for a doctorate, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> yeah, doctorate. I'm I'm in school to get my doctorate. Um, I'm at UNC Charlotte. I'm in their urban ed program and love it. Absolutely love it. Mm-hmm. Um, but. It, it goes to like thinking about how teachers are taught to teach mm. before they get into teaching and there is a shift and there's a movement in how we're teaching our teachers to teach before mm. they get in there but it, it goes back to like the culturally responsive teaching and having a broader view of what we're teaching and how we're teaching it and what are we're exposing um, not only our students but the teachers that are getting ready to teach and so they have a broader knowledge the student population, I mean, has always been diverse, mm-hmm. um, but it's a right. growing, uh, growing diversity, and so we're still teaching in ways that, um, in ways that the education system was first built to teach, mm-hmm. and not teaching to the diversity that we have, and so 
it it's a clash that things aren't gonna things aren't gonna mesh or, or mix and so um that culturally relevant teaching is really something that is going to to change things it's right. just a matter of you know it takes time once you start something for it to trickle, trickle down, down. Mm. um and then you have to people see the effects that, of it correct and then you have yeah. people that have been teaching their whole entire career in the same grade for third the, the total 30 yep. years and mm-hmm. don't want to do anything They're differently different. than mm-hmm. what they have been doing so you've got right. that as well um and then you've got you know the different areas that people teach in where you've got you know maybe your schools that have a higher minority versus other schools that have a low minority percentage mm-hmm. that are there and so you've got all of that too to take into effect um take into in consideration or whatever mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so trying to make all that make sense so it's it's a, balance, it's a lot yeah. it's a very hard balancing act but the student population is ever growing and yeah. ever expanding in the yep. in diversity and we have to do a better job of that. So, you can't reach kids the same way we've always reached, reached them. kids. Mm-hmm. Is that tying to the whole uh, critical race theory thing we were talking about before? No. <laughs> yeah. So uh, critical. I'm. I'm not a history teacher. I don't even. <laughs> I don't even teach any of this. So right. I. I will. I will speak very briefly on this because um, right. it is a hot topic. But as far as uh, critical race theory, uh, I think people get what critical race theory is confused with what they don't want to be taught Mm -hmm. um so it's more of a it's a it's more of a a teaching philosophy challenging like what our students are being taught um in in like history and um in that aspect like mm-hmm. what part of history are we teaching what are we leaving out are we giving them the whole picture or are we just giving them parts mm-hmm. and that's really where that critical race theory comes into play is why are we only giving them pieces of the history and not all of the all history right, right. and letting them make their own decisions with that comes the fact that now we're adding in things that people may have wanted to leave out mm-hmm. so we get taught a lot and so my master's program was at an, an HBCU, and so there's a lot of focus on who's teaching what, who mm. wrote what. So who's writing our history books? Right. Like, what organization is writing them and what from, from what lens? Oh, what? A lot mm. of the people that are writing these books for schools are from a more Caucasian, you know, descent. <laughs> yeah. Like, that. that's who's writing it. And so they're leaving out bits and pieces that they may not know of. Like, we're not right. going to say they're doing it on purpose, because I'm not going to blame nobody for nothing. But they're leaving out pieces that they didn't know um have no access to so how can we make sure that the diverse population of students are represented in this history that they know about mm. the kids know that you're missing these pieces right um the kids are a lot more aware of what's missing versus when i was in school not knowing sure. that and learning mm-hmm. that as an adult where these kids are coming in like what do you mean what about tulsa what right. about the all these cities right. that are they you know, know underwater and you're so, like wait yeah. a minute they wait know, hold on they know more than the teachers yeah mm-hmm. so you know allowing all of history to be represented for all the students there mm. versus i don't want my kids to know about this because it doesn't look well and now we're all feeling bad about something that happened that i didn't even do so mm. did you know that there was because you talk about like history that we didn't even know like they never taught about you brought up the tulsa race riots uh but like there was this whole like situation because I'm from South Jersey Jersey um, in Philadelphia where the police force basically at one point in time ended up burning several blocks like yeah mm-hmm. they bombed several yeah. blocks mm-hmm. uh, I forget what the specific reason was um, I know obviously it was uh, the hood 
um, <laughs> obviously. And they, but like, like just the fact that like you have a government sanctioned thing like that, domestic mm-hmm. peacekeeping service, the police mm-hmm. bombing civilian homes and stuff like that, burning them down and stuff like that. It's crazy. No matter how you frame that, still wrong. It's wrong. Yeah. And then I just remember instantly thinking, because like when I first heard it, I was like, this sounds like something out of a freaking action movie. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, no, this actually happened. And I like Googled it. Um, I'm trying to think of the name of it. Uh, I'll see if I can find it in a minute. But like, you think of something like that, and I instantly thought, I was like, well, I can tell you why they don't teach about that. Why would they teach about that when people already don't like the police? All right. People already have, like, especially minorities, we already have issues with the police. Puts you in a place where you lose even more faith. Yeah, so, like, even less people are going to like the police. People be are like, supposed to protect you. He's the same organization that bombed freaking Philly, ain't you? Like, right. don't nobody trust y'all, like, amongst the litany of other things, like, corruption and stuff like that. I remember uh, the other day, I, like, I was scrolling through, like, my Reddit feed, and then I always be getting Gotta stuff from black people, uh, <laughs> black people Twitter. Gotta stay off the <laughs> And, like, two cops, it was, like, Two black cops was like having chicks twerk on them and stuff like that. What? Was like, bro, like what? I'm not, I'm not capping. Like I can pull up the post right now. I'm, I'm not capping. I'm that along. They had pics of like chicks twerking on them. Let's just say one of them was doing a very thorough cavity search on the chick. You know what? I'm done. Publicly. Here. All right, Rocky. All right, all right, Rocky. <laughs> all right. And so, and so right. like you think about stuff like that, you can see exactly why like. Our government wouldn't want people to know things like that because this if they guy. know things like that, like he readily, down and the you could immediately think of it or call it to mind and then talk about it. Right. Yes. It's and, an issue. Yes, and that that's where the the problem or the issue that people are going back and forth on, like laws are being passed, teachers are having to really make sure that they know the law so that they're not they're not doing anything to go against the law that has now been made even though it's what they've been teaching all along right um but it goes back to the the part about racism so like you're 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 saying that the educational system was built technically on a racist system which mm. i mean technically also, right. not to cut you off i found out the the name of it. it was the 1985 move bombing huh that was it was uh May thirteenth, nineteen eighty five. So I, I didn't pull that far. I didn't make that up. That wasn't that far from you. I didn't make that up. I didn't make that up. It's an actual thing. You can Google it. Nineteen eighty five move bombing. Continue what you were talking about, please. No, you're fine. So you know, we're now speaking. We're now, I guess, pushing the the issue of what what was what what are we built on and what are we going to continue to be built on are we going to yeah. continue this are we going to allow people to really learn everything and make their own decisions on yeah. what it is mm. and so people are just fighting it back because now they feel that they're being labeled as a racist or um yeah. what happened and it's just like i mean if you look at the laws like um even with the even with um katanji you know like she said, you have to look at what was written, right. and I have to make my decision off of that. Right. Until something new is written, this is just what I have to do, and I can wrestle with it later. Yeah. Well, you know, on my own person. But this is what you're being. This is what I was, you know, hired, quote unquote, hired to do. Yeah. And this is all I have to go on. I can't go on whatever I feel in here because this is what is written, and this is, you know, what I have to go on. Right. And so, if we don't have these other things written or accessible then all we do have to go on is what somebody else wrote from their point Mm -hmm. of view. You know, if you look at some of these wars versus, uh, you know, 
who wrote it? If if we wrote it over here versus the How other people in the war, it's two different, like, it's two different completely stories. Different. Your know? story, my story, and, and the, the truth. truth. Right. So you have all of that, and I get why people are upset. But at the at some point, it's it's people are learning about it, whether you learn about it in school or not. If right. you yeah. have it in a safe space at school to work through these ideas, thoughts, and concerns, yeah. I feel that's better than you know us going home and learning it in places that you know may not have other options or other right. people to bring in to really shed light on the whole view yeah. of the story it is difficult because every time you get information you're always going to have like a bias there's always going to be a bias yes when you get right. information um i forget what it's called but like with people it's like uh basically the first time that you encounter information or the first time it's presented to you you're more likely to side with the side that is immediately presented to you mm. versus the other side because that's the first, first. Mm -hmm. that's the first time you heard of it. Just so like you know, the first impression. That's your first impression mm -hmm. of something. So, like, politically, if you were introduced to politics from a Republican standpoint, you're probably going to be a Republican. If you were introduced to politics from a Democrat standpoint, you're probably going to be a Democrat. Conservative, liberal, etc. Mm -hmm. um, and so you apply that to historical information the source that you get the historical information from is going to very much color your perspective and it's very difficult because we as humans are subjective creatures right we do not look at things objectively even though we should even at our at the best of times we are still looking at things with some subject to the object mm. yeah. you know we color it from the lens of our own perspective and our own perception and so i learned about something like the 1985 move bombing from the internet mm. and they're going to frame it differently especially from like right like somebody who's liberal minded or conservative minded they're going to frame it very differently versus how it actually happened but you also have to remember the person who recorded the event like the historians who recorded mm -hmm. their 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 intentions might not have been particularly genuine so it's like you're in this very peculiar situation where you understand that history is written based upon the premise of where it's cool of who who who, who is uh the winner always writes the history right. books. Um, <laughs> and from the U.S.'s standpoint, the U.S. is always the winner, so the U.S. always writes history from their perspective. Apply that to teaching as a whole. Mm -hmm. You have the people that are in control who are going to decide how knowledge is taught and distributed. And if it is in my best interest to make sure that people only know a very small spectrum of things and only know a very small spectrum of things in order to function in the machine that I have built for them, mm. then that's all I'm going to teach them. Why would I teach? Why would I have a lump of metal that could be potentially turned into a weapon used against me when I can just turn it into cogs, gears for my my machine? Right, and I think like for you, like you're willing to research, and again, we're we're all out of school here, right. but you're willing to research and find different points of view. Wait, 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 wait. We are not all out of school. Okay. <laughs> we are all out of the K-12 education system. Okay. okay. All right. <laughs> Somebody over here is going for their doctorate. Yes. Uh, no, we're all out of the K-12 education system. But you're willing to find these bits of information, put them together, piece them together like a puzzle, and then make right. your own decision off of it. Yeah. We're not necessarily 
teaching children how to do that how to see the whole picture and then you make your decision what's best for you now i still might not agree with what you chose is best for you but you've made your decision i've made mine and we can have these conversations without getting upset without getting mad without ready to you know cut somebody's throat you know without cutting off friendships and family members and things of that nature and we're not difference of opinion correct but Mm -hmm. we're not we're not allowing uh adults children staff teachers whoever to have these moments of open conversation openness to mm-hmm. to get everything out and then once you have all your information you can do you as you your, please with you, it you, you make know, your own assumption right or but idea we're not we're not allowing them that because they only have a fourth a third a sixth a eighth mm-hmm. whatever of the whole story yeah. right. and they're believing that, that sixth of the story is the entirety of the story and mm-hmm. it's not and so they get out of school and they're like wait a minute this but but I was taught, and what do you mean there's more? What do you, what right. do you mean this didn't really happen the way it happened and things right. like that? So it's 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 crazy. Um, I enjoy what I do. Um, I, I Like I said, I've, it's almost been 15 years of teaching. So I've, you, I've moved. 15 years of teaching. I've moved. I've done different things. And you're still in school. I'm still in school. How uh, did you write a book? How did I write a book? Uh, how? A one time. Um, like, like, listen, like she, she's in school. <laughs> She still teaches. Yes. What What else do you do, ma'am? I what, tutor. What else is it? Tutor. I tutor. I teach yoga. Teach yoga. I don't understand. Is there anything else on the list, ma'am? I think that's uh, babysitter occasionally. How did you write the book? How did <laughs> um, you make time? You know those two weeks of Christmas break the kids get at oh, school? It oh, also co you know, aligns right, uh, right. with uh, college mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Christmas, quote-unquote, break. Mm-hmm. Um... And then I got stuck in some snow. Of course you did. Um, so during that time, and you know, having the book partially finished for the partially most part. finished for the most part, mm-hmm. um, leading up to you know meeting you guys is is kind of uh, God. Kind of how I got it's done. It's God. It's God. It, but you it. It, it has to be. It is. Because <laughs> even though I was able to push it out in basically two, two months time, maybe right. a month's time. Um, it it was an act of God. Yeah. And it's mm-hmm. here and we're here because I, I had the date of June mm. to push out a book. I was told by multiple people that that was an unre- unrealistic date because it, it was pretty much done. Definitely. Why um, would you wait three and four extra months? But in my spirit, it's crazy. the book was supposed to come out in June, mm. but it's out now. <laughs> right. Right. So my question now is now that we, you know, came back around to, the world. Yeah, we came out in the world, you know, um, back to the book, though. Why? Why did you add the sex money? And support. Why? Why were those Ooh. the three things that you picked to be part of the? I don't think I've gotten that question yeah. yet. That's yeah, that's a good one. I don't think yeah. I've gotten that. Okay, <laughs> all right. Um, why was that part of the epiphany? As I was reliving, going back through all, everything that had occurred um, mm-hmm. with my, you know, marriage mm-hmm. uh, and everything, and then looking back on, you know, past relationships to me and again this is all from my point of view you can right. take it or leave it right it really came down that. to um those three areas those mm. three areas were vital areas that needed to be fed nourished mm. and taken care of yes continually for continually mm. for for any type of relationship to to uh work friendships mm-hmm. family relationships whatever right um not just you know spousal relationships but Mm -hmm. those were the three things that really needed to be dissected 
and then put back together for what works for those two people right um for it to work and i really figured that out i'm like i always tell people i i i hold no grudge against the the man that i have divorced um going through divorce i don't wish it on nobody but going through it has taught me a lot Mm -hmm. and i'm good um and i'm glad for it but again like i said i don't really i don't really you know hold anything against him everybody has a part to play and things like that um Mm -hmm. but those are the three areas that i feel are are vital Mm. very vital to making sure that you can be as successful as you as you need to be in that relationship with that person right Hmm. Interesting. <laughs> okay. Interesting. Okay. Um, but um, my other question for the epiphany, out of those three things, what is the most important to you? Like, what is, like, I know relationships are balanced, whether it's spouse, friendship, whatever. Um, what, what is what did you say is the most important off of those all of those three things that is Ooh. like needed um and then of course like i said it's a balance so for some people money might not be the thing that's there but you know the second support is there or correct or they switch it and the money's there but and the sex is there but the support isn't there you know what i'm saying yeah. so they find their balance but i'm saying for you specifically for you uh what was what was the main what would you say is your main thing so for me it would be support mm-hmm. all day every day hands down support mm-hmm. um i i'm a lover at heart so i i support from from jump until mm-hmm. something prohibits me from doing, doing that, that. Mm-hmm. and even though i attempt not to have high expectations for other people that they may may or may not know about to you know um live up to mm. um i need support back right it's a reciprocal and um circular type of thing i if i'm supporting i need the support back right. um we might not agree or like the same things mm. like i don't like chocolate the majority of people You're love like chocolate, chocolate. yeah if you love chocolate i'm gonna get you some chocolate but please don't give me no chocolate like right. i've said that a hundred <laughs> times like i don't like chocolate don't right. give me no chocolate right. you know find something that i like um and get me that but that's still supporting me in that way but that's something that's big for me mm. um yeah so for me it's it's support sex and then the money got you okay is how i would um, structure if you had structure to. and support in sex i mean sorry mom those are two highly <laughs> sorry, important <mom>. things <laughs> for me um sorry, but yeah mom. the money the money thing is definitely uh at the bottom of the totem pole for me um it, it involves more of having a understand everybody having understanding of what is happening with the money not necessarily right. what money is coming into the house like Got how you. much of it's coming in the house but Got yeah you. okay all right um well, I already know the answer to this one, but would you recommend it to men? Oh, yeah. So this is definitely uh, definitely not a book just for women. It's got a man and a woman right, on the right, front of it right. uh, for those reasons. Right. Um, the colors may not be attractive to men. I but can't it's say that definitely... pink and blue is kind of like a gender reveal. You know what I'm saying? So blue is usually yes, the boy. And there's is... more blue than pink. But right. um, it's, it's, it's an eye-opening experience and conversational piece for everybody 
um, looking at relationships. And even if you're just looking at a relationship with you and yourself, right? Um, mm-hmm. it's a great conversational piece to be self-aware and so that you can go into your next relationship or in your current relationship mm-hmm. and make better strides of, of setting a uh, stronger foundation. Mm. I will say the book helps helps understand the way things are looked at yeah. from like being a guy that's read it of course i had no choice to read it because i published it but that's besides the point um <laughs> but uh you know just reading it gave you like a perspective of how things are being looked at from the other side in a way yeah. mm-hmm. um or even like question things that i didn't necessarily think about like different forms of intimacy um you know not everything is physical yeah. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Mental, socially, whatever. That mental. Yeah. That mental. Right. So, um, and then even with support, you know, there's different forms of support. People need to be supported in different ways, you know. So, um, yeah, I, 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 like I said, I knew the answer, but <laughs> <laughs> um, I agree with you with the, I definitely think it'll help um, couples that read it together or, you know along those lines i mean it's got a little workbook action you got to do it and it then does. talk about it it gives you something to talk mm-hmm. about if you don't if you're not sure how to start the conversation do mm-hmm. the workbook part and then talk about it i'm with it i'm with it well ladies and gentlemen that was Nia right our newest latest author author of the epiphany sex support money yep Woo-hoo. make sure y'all go check that out at blue shades publishing.com the only place you can get it yeah the only place you can get it until further notice <laughs> um, until further notice yeah because we, we gotta get that into a couple stores you know yeah, so the world working on it. the world needs that and we're as we're growing and things like that you know what i'm saying so oh i just meant yeah yeah i know what yeah. you meant. it's the yeah. best place to get it yeah, yeah for sure for sure but um thank you for joining us Ms. nia right of course of thank course you, thank you this has been your host that's and jerry It's a problem with the whole way of life Can't change overnight But we gotta start somewhere Might as well go ahead and start here We done had a hell of a year I'ma make it count why I'm here God is the only man I fear